Welcome to the engineer-ish, or as we like to say, engineer minus the ish, the most unique and ghetto math problem we've been <laughs> puzzled by, solved, and revisited throughout our journey as engineers. It's your boy, Drew. And of course, I'm Tori. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the engineers. Uh, minus the ish. Are we taking the ish out or are we putting the ish in? I'm gonna take it out. I'm putting it in. Uh, no. The engineer ish now in session. Yo, 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 what's up? Hey, Andrew Martin. What is going on, Latori Martin? Feels good to be taking your place, Drew. How'd you feel? <laughs> like, literally, I took your place. Man, honestly, I thought you did great. I thought that was excellent. I was look, I was just look smiling. I was just proud. Like, man, look at her <laughs> go. Proud. That is amazing. That is amazing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but our day ones, if you didn't notice or just like our frequent listeners... What was different? Our frequent flyers, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Our frequent flyers, those that are a part of our Sky Sky Miles Club, the Engineer ish Uh Sky Miles Club, our medallion members. I know y'all noticed the difference, right? There was a difference. Was it better? Yeah. Y'all liked them more, didn't y'all? I mean, I think it was, I think it was. I think it was fantastic. (laughs) It'll just be temporary because I like the way I like you to bring us in. So how you doing, Andrew? How you doing? So I have, to, I have to tell you, I'm really excited because I had a great run this morning. This morning I had an amazing run. How far? I ran my fastest mile and my fastest 5K uh, hey. since 2018. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about that. That's something to be proud of because when I Thank tell you. you, I can barely get a mile in. <laughs> I mean, I can't get a mile in. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. You got to start. Everybody got to start somewhere. Yeah. And I, I feel like you are sort of inspiration because I don't like to run like that's not something I enjoy. I know you enjoy doing it, uh-huh. but I'd like to be able to build up my endurance to at least run a mile without stopping. I feel like that. I appreciate that. I mean, whenever you get ready, I am down to run a mile with you. Uh, Well, we have to start with like a quarter of a mile. Like, don't I use sure. little meet, steps? First, I will right? meet you where you are at. That's fine with me. Let's do that. You know, I got a trail. Let's do that. So, Let's do it. All right, cool. Check. Check that box. Y'all heard what he said. So um, <laughs> let's do an episode recap. I really I really liked uh, last week's episode. We talked about yeah, yeah. Oh, horrible leadership. Horrible people, bosses. Horrible bosses. People not in movie, spaces that they shouldn't be. People in yeah. spaces they should not yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed last week's, last week's episode as well. Um, leadership, I think, is a really... Um, important topic. And uh, especially since, you know, one of the things that we talked about is just, you know, the importance of soft skills, especially in that leadership space mm-hmm. um, and how often it's not something that we are trained on and kind of left to our own devices to kind of figure out through trial and error. Yeah, um, but that trial and error is happening with, you know, real people's feelings <laughs> in the process, right? So, um, you know, being, you know, being a leader, I think is, is integral, integral, integral. Is it in, a C or inter- e? integral, integral, integral. There we go. Yeah. Integral. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> you have me thinking Don't judge like, me. about Don't like judge me. <laughs> integers. Like you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In, in, integral. integral. Yes. Um, 
And now I lost my train of thought. So uh, you, yeah, you're saying uh, leadership is integral. Yes. Well, period. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There's a period. That's it. There. That's it. That's yeah. all. Drop the mic. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna help you uh, fill in some of the, the blanks. But yeah, like you say, leadership, being a good leader. I feel like people are definitely born with leadership abilities, but it's always something to, it's a skill that you have to continue to get better Absolutely. at. Like even if, cultivate and then, sure. yeah, it's a skill that you have to cultivate. And I'm sure most of us, like the, the episode you guys listened to last week, our last episode, you probably realize, or you may be, you may have a horrible manager. But one thing that I can say that we didn't mention last week, you can learn from those people. I've learned oh, yeah. so much from horrible managers. Like just by the way, I wouldn't want to ever be, Things yeah. that I would do d- differently as an entrepreneurship, if, as an entrepreneurship, as an entrepreneur, hiring who I wouldn't want to be, like leading my company. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, you can learn from all those things. So, I think it's a there's an interesting concept of of managing up, uh-huh. right? Like as a as a good leader, if your manager, the person that's above you, isn't leading in a good fashion, like as a leader, you can manage up. But you have to be able yeah. to, again, know how to create that relationship to not offend your manager when, you know, in doing that, which is, a, to me, a, it's an interesting concept. <laughs> it is. It is interesting. <laughs> so hopefully, guys, uh, you enjoyed that episode. As always, we, we welcome feedback. If you guys yes, have let us any, know what's up. What's your you manager have, like? Yeah, what's your manager like? Put your what's manager your on manager? blast. Like if he if he's a horrible boss, let us know why. You can send it to us anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah. I mean, we don't <laughs> know your manager. It's not like we could find your manager anyway. We're not gonna expose you or post it anyway. I mean, Google is pretty amazing, you know what I'm saying? Facts, it is. <laughs> and um, I'm just gonna end that that highlight on my beautiful quote that I, I said that I liked was managers light a fire under people, leaders light a fire in people. Yeah. So y'all let us know about your manager. If he lights a fire under you and then the good managers, let us know if you're, if your manager lights a fire in you, we like to I know the it. difference and why. I love so. it. All right. So wrapping up our topic time, we have a not a topic time. I'm sorry, man. I was like, we're wrapping up topic time already? Not Wait already. Not already, guys. <laughs> wrapping yeah, up our We recap. went from the beginning to the end. <laughs> I'm trying to end this episode quick. <laughs> but uh, no, wrapping up our episode recap, uh, we, ha- we have a prize in store for you guys. We have yes, a prize we do. surprise. We have a yes, person we do. that is going to be joining us. All the way from the Shaha, Shaha, Chicago. Yeah, we have a we have a training expert, a training guru, someone that has lots of experience with uh, building training um, programs at different yep. companies. Just lots yep. of exposure about you guys probably remember our our episode that we we mentioned, like we talk about training, how you know we've had some horrible trainings at smaller companies, and mm-hmm. you know how that could potentially impact how we feel. So our topic time is going to uh, be about the newbie experience. And I would love, Drew, yeah. for you to speak a little bit on. So obviously, we've all been new in some what? space. I've never been new. You just been fit right since... in. You always fit yeah, in, right? right? I'm not just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Maybe new. I am. Maybe I like do. being new, though. Okay. So 
So I want us to speak a little bit on our feelings of being new in a position or entering a work scene. Like yep. what makes what makes you comfortable or gives you a sense of ease when you're in that space? And then what makes you uncomfortable? What make you potentially uncomfortable as a newbie on yeah. the scene? This, I, I have an interesting, uh, I feel like I have an interesting background on this because um, as a child, I moved around a lot, right? Okay. And so I was constantly the new kid in class. Take us back. Right? Constant, constantly the new kid in class. And uh-huh. so I think like because of my childhood, I learned how to make friends quickly. Um, and so when it comes to like being a newbie at a, at a company, I think I treat it in a, in a lot of the same way. Um, okay. like I, I'm, I'm instantly kind of figure out what commonalities that I have with people. Um, and I, and, and I always use humor as, as like my introduction, right? Because oh, I can everybody see likes, everybody <laughs> likes to laugh. You know what I mean? If you can get a laugh in, then like people are like, oh. We like we like that guy. He's he's pretty funny, right? And then they're Unless like, "Oh, they're he works. too serious, though." Have you ever just tried That's to true. make somebody laugh that was so uptight? That, like- that that has that has happened before too. You know what I mean? But like to me, it's I'm I'm I win more of those than I lose, and okay, so that's like a thing. yeah. So so for me, like that's kind of that's kind of something that helps me to feel more comfortable um, at a place. But I think that. Um, Honestly, I think it takes me a little while to really get comfortable with people at a new, like when I'm in a new work environment, because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of situations like personal interaction in terms of like Uh really getting to know people. Um, So, so for me, I think it does take a little while before I actually get comfortable um, in new work environments. So while it may not necessarily feel like a newbie in the company anymore, like to me, I still feel a little bit foreign. So what would you say, would you say you're a person that typically breaks the ice with people? Like, are you, are you the one that goes over and just randomly oh, yeah. starts talking yeah, to I'm people? Kicking, I'm you- breaking all the ice, man. I'm, I got my hammer and I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I love, like, I'm, I'm the guy when I come in, like I'm introducing to myself to people like sitting at their desk, like, oh, hey, my name is Andrew. I just started, I just started here. <laughs> oh gosh. And you are? Oh, okay. It's so is this uh project management over here? Is that what this? Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so how long you been at the company? You like it here? Like, um, that's me. You, yeah. And then you got to ask them about something on their desk. Like you literally got to look at a picture like, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your you daughter know? plays soccer. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like, I, I like, <laughs> I mean, I like, I like meeting people at the company and like, you know, kind of figuring out where everybody <laughs> kind of where, how everybody is or whatever. I, I feel like I'm that. I'm a person that likes to have a lot of information, mm-hmm. but I don't like to give a lot of information. Oh, you're one of those types. I'll be honest. I'm being real honest. You know what I mean, I'm being, I'm being honest. Like you're I'll like ask the- a, a lot of questions, but unless you ask me questions, I'd be like, all right, well, it was nice talking to you. You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I, you know, go about my day. All right. I see you're, I, 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 I look at you as like the person on TikTok that just looks at people's uh, videos, <laughs> but you don't post anything. You're just like, I'm not like no post. My I life. got zero posts. Zero posts. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on see TikTok what's going all on. the time. <laughs> I'm going to see what's going on, but I'm not going to post nothing. Okay. All right. So you're honest. Um, I So for me, I would say for the newbie experience, what usually makes me comfortable uh-huh. would be 
you know, people that aren't too serious, like not, mm-hmm. I don't like people that are just so uptight. Like I all that automatically gives me a sense of uncomfortability and anxiety uh-huh. just because uh-huh. it's just not my personality to be uber serious about everything. There's some, okay. some people that are so cut and dry and everything's about work. Like constantly mm-hmm. like, Hey, where's the data? Where's this? I work with a girl that was like that one time. And she drove me crazy. Like when yeah. I tell you somebody brought out the ugliest side of me, the rudest side of me, like, man, I had to pray, like just dealing with this girl. So certain there's, you know, the people and coworker experience, uh-huh. help, you know, that helps ease my, um, ease my, I guess, nerves. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool people. Um, man, well, let, let me ask you this. I've got a, I'll have a follow-up question before you, before you go okay. on on that one, like specifically about the people, like, how do you, so how do you feel about like in more casual situations, like company, like events and stuff like that? And I, that's funny you ask that. Cause I'm, I am notorious for bringing people together outside of work to do all kinds of stuff. From okay. Halloween <laughs> parties to like happy hours to all kinds of stuff. I've been known I don't know if I'm too social in the workplace, uh-huh. but I, I'm the, I'm that girl in the workplace. And it's it's weird because I'm more of an introvert, but I am that person in the You're workplace. You're trying to link up. What y'all doing after work? <laughs> We're going to get into. Yeah, not usually after work, but sometimes it can be. I, it, it just depends on, on the group. What'd you ask me? I got I got thrown off. I was thinking about <laughs> Halloween parties. <laughs> I was just asking about like, in terms of your comfortability, like at work, like is... Cause some, some companies I think are do a lot of like different kind of social events to kind of yeah, bring yeah, people right. for the, of the company, like together in a non working like atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but not all companies do that. Um, so I'm curious, yeah. like how you feel about those kinds of social events, good, bad, those like to engage of, with them. You don't really, you don't not really, like really I don't really fool with stuff like that. Cause I'm not really a big group person. So yeah. stuff like that. I mean, you probably would catch me like being a wallflower, but if there's food there, like I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit more like, that's how you reel food me there. in. We own it. We own that. If there's pizza, that's how yeah. you reel me in. Okay. And then, so I probably won't be the one that's going around talking to everybody, but I'll have that, you know, that small intimate group of coworkers that I'm yeah. comfortable with. Uh-huh. But as far as meeting and talking to new people, no, yeah. like that's not going to be me at all. Okay. Okay. But okay. yeah. Um, and I also say something this may, I don't know if this is like the girl side of me, but I like a really nice plush and cozy office environment. That's yeah. all that's super plush, important to me. Plush in the office? Yeah, as plush as it can be. So <laughs> my la- my last company, um, it was a it was a brand new facility. So it was very like nice, like just yeah. very trendy, and the conference rooms were just Super, super nice, like really, really high tech and just is color important. Uh, so <laughs> I did work for a company that had like lots of bright colors, the greens uh-huh. and blues and stuff. And I almost feel I would say that that helps with the mood, but that job was really stressful and I always <laughs> wanted to leave. So I could say that didn't work. So colors, not so much, but like browns and stuff, that's old fashioned. So that is yeah. probably gonna, not going to be a good, a good idea. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Nice office space. That helps me. People, coworkers, manager, don't, manager has to be, it can't be a horrible boss. That'll be a problem. No horrible bosses. 
Yeah. So that, those are the main things that uh, were always important to me to feel comfortable. So we talked about comfort. Comfort. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that made you, Drew, like hitting Drew, the Drew? ping pong ball back to you, would <laughs> make you feel uncomfortable or that just like kind of makes you cringe as being a new person? So like, like <laughs> uh, so I feel like uh, I'll put it, I'll put it like this. Have you ever like walked into a space and like it just immediately, it felt very awkward in the space. Like everybody like just stopped and just was like looking at you because you were in the space, <laughs> right? Uh, I feel like that's what it's like being new. Like when people see a new person, so that's like, when they look at you like that. So this, and- this is, so this is how it's, this is what makes me feel uncomfortable, right? Because, so again, I told you like when I'm coming in, like I'm, I'm talking to people, I'm, I'm introducing myself to people. Uh-huh. It makes me feel weird with when people like don't really engage with that. Like if people are like, oh. They couldn't see you. What did you do, Drew? They just, they like- just, they just wave. They just, they just wave. They just say hello. Like, <laughs> and the way he just put his hand up, it was like so stiff. So I guess <laughs> yeah, like- they literally like, you know, and, I, and I've met people like that. And I'm just like, that makes me feel awkward because like, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, I don't. I don't know how to re- verbally respond to a wave other than, uh, well, all right. Like, <laughs> I guess but that's what it. what if you're you passing know? by, Drew? Like, you don't, you want, you actually want people to stop you and start talking to you? Well, no, no, no. Like when I'm, it, like when I'm new at an office, like I'm intentionally wanting to get to know people. So I'm like stopping by their desk, like, and, oh, and wow. talking you're, to people. You're like, one of them. Like you're yeah, the neighbor. Yeah, I'm like, no, I want to, I, I want to, because to me, like, to me, like, and so something, I'll tell you something that I feel like has, has helped me because of this. Right. Okay. Um, I feel like in every office that I've worked at, um, people have always known who I was. Right. And so, and I feel like because of that, like when, uh, like when opportunities came up, my name was always tossed out just because I was somebody that everybody in the office like knew about. And so, like, if something good happened or whatever, or I, or I did something well, and someone, and somebody mentioned it, they were like, "Oh yeah, he came. He stopped by my office the other day. <laughs> was running my ear off. You know what I'm saying about about something or whatever." Um, so I feel like, like, just making myself known, like, around the office, like, and especially because I, you know, I'm a pretty friendly guy or whatever, like. Just somebody, a friendly guy with a nice attitude. Like so you like to be the company celebrity. You already talked about how you wear the bow tie. So you already, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you already yeah, make yeah. a I statement mean, in that in that way. Yeah. I mean, I like to I like to stand out. Like I, I I want people to know like that this is a this is a guy that that works hard and is serious, but also, you know, has a nice personality and is fun, like as well. So yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So you know how I mentioned all like office space for me. Mm-hmm. Is there any? Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, gone into an a, a off new new experience in office and you're just like, man, I'm not going to be comfortable here for whatever reason? So like, yeah, so this is, and I didn't even realize this, um, you know, at first. But like a lack of windows is a big deal to me. Like good point. I didn't when there's not when there when there's no, like not a lot of natural light in the building. Yeah. I don't like that. Like. Mm-mm. Cause you feel like you feel like claustrophobic, like you're in a box. Yeah, and then like it's this. I always have this weird feeling, like when stuff happens outside, and like I have no clue. I'd be like, "Oh, it rained today!" Like, 
You know, like you have no, you have no, it's almost like you have no like semblance of reality outside of this office space that you're in. I don't, I don't like that. Welcome so that, to manufacturing. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. definitely manufacturing. Been there so many different times. So light, that's a good one. What about noise? Like, does noise bother you on a job? Because so, uh, it depends. Be like, so it depends. So I'm usually, I'm pretty good at blocking stuff out. So I'm mm-hmm. not real. I'm not really picky about about noise. I like there was a scale. You know, what I mean, I'm probably on the the lower end of the scale in terms of like what's going to bother me in terms in terms of noise. But I don't like I don't like uh, like really loud noise or really uh, like sharp noises. And when like when you say manufacturing, that's what I that's what I think about like machine work and stuff like that. Like uh, I, that I don't know if I could block that out. Like so. That's kind of, that can be in some ways that becomes white noise if you're if you're used to it. Like, that's what I've that's what I've heard, but just, I don't I don't hear it a lot. So I, I like to me that sounds foreign. Like I don't know how like <laughs> the sound of a drill can ever become white noise. Like it's gonna sound like a drill, man. Like oh yeah, you haven't been in manufacturing enough. If that isn't yeah, white that's noise, not, to that's you, not my <laughs> background. Though, so you know I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe. All right. So noise. Yeah. Noise can noise be, is, noise noise is can be a deal yeah. breaker for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd, I'd say for me, the only odd um, experience that I had, like just walking into some walking into a company was just a dingy office space, like really uh-huh. yeah. old. And I mean, I actually had to write a I wrote a request for them to change out the uh, selling tile because I'm just like, that's pains up there. And then I remember my manager was like, nobody's ever asked that before, but I guess it is. Like they, they have people come in there. And I am like, I'm telling you, when it comes to like being a bougie person in the office, whether it's having them order me stuff that they've never done for anybody, yeah. else, people will come to me like. They ordered you that? How'd you, you need, get them to do you that? You need colored post-it notes. You need colored post-it notes. <laughs> oh, like, definitely. You gotta have I, I can't this I, this yellow is not gonna work for me. I need I need at least green and pink and blue. I can't do this with just the yellow. That's not gonna you work. You definitely out. have to have the 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 colorful notes. So just <laughs> so guys, just letting you know this is gonna be a shorter topic time with us because we're bringing someone in that we're going to have a great conversation with. So we have our, we have, this is a guest episode. This, so this is very much about the guests. Um, so segueing out of topic time, Drew, I'm, I'm curious, curious as to what is your best yeah. um, newbie experience. So what could you say just stands apart if you have any from any of your newer experiences or just yeah, kind of so memorable for you? I, I would say the, one of the, the memorable experiences that I had is I, when I started at one company, um, one of the things that they did as a part of my training um, was they actually gave me, a, I guess, I don't know if it was a week now, is it a week or two weeks? Um, but it was either a week or two week long class in Linux training. Oh, uh, which wow. was like the back end software for um, for their product. That good old training. Um, and that was like I had I already knew a little bit about Linux. Um, but when I when I like it was very I felt like for me that training was very valuable because when I actually started doing the work, like I kind of knew what it was sitting on top of. Like I understood what was happening underneath. 
Uh-huh. And so when you put stuff on top of it, I didn't like, I didn't get lost. It was just like, okay, this is just the next layer of stuff to learn. And so it, it made that learning a lot easier. Um, was that in the beginning of your, you starting with the company? I, I, I don't. Yeah, that was in okay. the beginning. That was in the beginning um, of me starting with the company. Yeah. Okay. And it's kind of like, I feel like, well, the, my, my experience is going to be very similar to yours, just in a different capacity. But I feel like if you start off positive like that, yeah. it only like helps you to have good expectations, like leading into the, the job, yeah, at least sure. for me, mm-hmm. it did. Yeah. But so for my experience, I would say was with the last company that I worked for, um, their onboarding training uh-huh. was so fancy. Like yeah. it was just like, they had, and I, I spoke about this a little bit before when we um t- we focused on we talked a little bit about training. So uh-huh. just like they had different um they had different groups like different business sectors come into the training, and it like really gave you an understanding of the country. I mean, I think <laughs> country. Yeah, it felt like a country, guys. Because Something I mean, like a country. Yeah, it felt like a country. Um, no, but they it really gave you uh, insight on the company. Because uh-huh. these different sector business sectors came in, um, they had all kinds of like groups that you could join. Like it really felt like a co- literally like a country, yeah. like its own little world. <laughs> I'm like, companies really have this type of training, and I yeah. w- I want to say it was a four day onboarding training, and then there was a piece like f- that that really like it was like a puzzle that fit together at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was yeah, activities yeah. and. It was really good. I'll never forget that experience. Like it was a really, really uh, engaging training. And it, you can tell that just from that, that they really cared about the newbie experience. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. That was really- I, I'll, I'll definitely say the, the, the more that I've grown like in my career, the more I've seen the impact of what the onboarding process looks like mm-hmm. um, at a company, how that affects like the performance of the employee right yeah it's uh i, I don't you know I, and I, I, that's why I'm, I'm glad the the guest is coming on to kind of share more uh sure share more around this subject because i don't i can't tell you in terms of you know on the grander scale what that looks like um but i've seen it i've seen kind of the the frustrations from what happened when somebody started yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Continue to snowball into other things. A disaster. <laughs> as they moved like within the company until ultimately they ended up leaving. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously that's not what companies are trying to do. Um, so, you know, there's something within that process that's kind of, you know, being missed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of questions that uh, we'll have, we'll ask and have answers for so i'm really looking forward to bringing on my home girl yeah my give her the intro co-worker from the shy town bam, 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 bam. angelica cantos yeah. hey angelica yeah. hello tori hello welcome welcome angelica we are happy to have you here with us today yeah we're so excited. excited to be here We've already boosted you up so much before we even brought you on. We like, we can't wait till this one comes on. We gave you the expert <laughs> title because we know that you're you're coming in with a lot of a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge with your background and your experience. 
Yeah. Thank you for that, Drew. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. I got quite the the jagged uh, career behind me to share with you today. <laughs> we can't wait. So jagged can starts you- make for the sharpest edges, man. I love it. That's that's true. So can you start out by telling our listeners a little bit about who you are and some background uh, to Angelica Cantos? Sure. So I'm Angelica Cantos. I'm born and bred, raised in Chi-Town. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a Chicago girl, city, born and raised in the city. So, uh, but I did get lucky enough early in my childhood to be able to go uh, to Greece in the summers. So I ended up spending a long summers in a little tiny village up in a mountain. Nice. So I got a little bit city and a little bit country in my blood. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Versatility. Perfect mix. The perfect mix. <laughs> so uh, I, I love and appreciate both. Um, I have spent um, the majority of my life working. I had my first job when I was 11 years old working for the Chicago Park District (laughs) as a camp counselor. Yep. I don't know how these people trusted me. I had 25 (laughs) five-year-old boys. I don't know how they trusted me with that. (laughs) 11, wow. (laughs) (laughs) They trusted me with 25 kids at the age of 11, but okay, whatever. It was a different Um, time. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You're kind of dating yourself there, telling us that. I am, right? Anyways, so um, that started a long career, obviously, of uh, wanting to get into education. I Mm -hmm. actually ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Illinois Circle Chicago campus um, for education. So I Mm -hmm. started out there, um, went to, you know, Chicago public high schools before that, private high schools before that. So I got the full gamut of the educational experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then ended up choosing to go with UIC because I got the scholarship there. Um, and I started out in education. I ended up transferring to the nursing college, um, spent a couple semesters in there Mm -hmm. and then moved to, um, changed my major again to psychology. And I ended up getting Mm, really intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. So my, I ended up being, uh, finally getting my degree in cognitive psychology. So, um, you know, love and in, intrigued by the way people think. Maybe that's my philosophy background in Greece. <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh-huh. the whole Socrates, Plato thing. I don't know. Uh, maybe it plays into it. But yeah. Um, <laughs> we can talk definitely. about Plato's allegory today if you <laughs> oh, want to. Oh, no. I do not mind. like any of <laughs> I am not a fan of any of that stuff when it comes to Greek mythology or <laughs> I did bad in school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so, uh, lots of, you know, lots of, I thought I wanted to do this, but I didn't. And then Mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to do this, but I didn't. And then kind of just figured out what my passion was. Um, I love, I loved being with people, helping people, but I just hadn't found quite my niche. Uh Um, I was really good in sales. So the psychology degree was real helpful. In sales, so you could learn how to. You were learning how to manipulate. You were manipulating people. It's not manipulation. It's influence. It's influence. Hey, look! If you believe in the product you're selling, it's not hard. But anyways, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I started out in sales and I was doing really, really well. But then when I graduated college, um, 
you know, I'm like, if I don't take the pay cut now, I'm never going to make the jump to, to kind of the corporate setting because mm-hmm. really to get there from a retail position, you really got to move up the ranks uh, pretty quickly and then make it to corporate. So the transitions are not always clear. Where were you um, in retail? Where where did you say you were in retail? Oh gosh, I worked at so many places, but uh, I spent a good chunk of my time working for the limited corporation. Oh, okay, um, got it. Yeah, so five or six years probably with them, and then about four years with H two O Plus. It's a Chicago based kind of cosmetics company. Okay. Um, okay. And at the time, you know. They had their their factory here. They manufactured everything in Chicago. And then they also had retail stores throughout the okay. United States at the time. Mm-hmm. So great, great company, um, homegrown, you know, kind of a pet project of a Chicago, another homegrown Chicago and the milk family. Um, but that was a pretty cool experience because, um, you know, I got my own store. They were really, really good. Sales were awesome during that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I bet the limited was popping uh, back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, both of those. It was like crazy. So I was a sales manager for one for a lot of years. Loved the discount too. And then, <laughs> you know, the cosmetic company, um, you know, gave me a lot of opportunities. I worked at a salon on the weekends yeah. with all the... Wow, you you did. Yeah. You did a lot of different stuff. Oh and then gosh. how did... How'd you get to where you are now? Because that's quite the transition. Yeah. So um, I made the jump to corporate America right around the time I graduated college. So mm-hmm. uh, one of my retail manager partners actually had a headhunter. Uh, was dating a headhunter. Yeah. Dating a headhunter at the time. We talked about He's some like, recruiters recently. <laughs> so yeah, we're right. We're right there with you. We're right there with you. He's like, would you like to meet a headhunter? She's got some jobs going on over here. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it had to do with at the time, I thought healthcare, but it was actually a benefits administration for like your health and welfare benefits mm-hmm. at okay. Mm-hmm. So the internal HR function. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, yeah, sure, why not? So I interviewed and I got the job like the same day at a company out in Lincolnshire, Illinois, called uh, Hewitt Associates at the time. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's a different name. It's called the Light. But basically, they were the outsourced department uh, for HR. So if you are a big Fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. you didn't want to have HR people in-house, you paid them. They did all of your benefits administration for pension, for benefits, for everything. Oh, wow. I didn't so, know. Yeah. And, and they were a great company for our first corporate company mm-hmm. because they were, we used to call, they used to have the nickname of being the training grounds for the world because everybody yeah. used to get recruited out of college there because mm-hmm. <laughs> they had free food for lunch. So everybody wanted to go there. I was going to say, I that can imagine like that kind of place, yep, free food. Yep, what? Yep. I'll, I'll yeah. do anything for free food. It was like, like a, let's do that. Yeah. You went from like campus life to that life, which was <laughs> Basically, you were working in corporate setting, but you also felt like you were on a campus yeah. from a college. So yeah. it was yeah. pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience. And they were so ahead. I mean, their technology investments at that time, like we're talking 98, 99, mm-hmm. was crazy. I mean, yeah. they was were so ahead. Was the their food, food was good? really good. Oh, yeah. They had like... <laughs> 
chicken Story kiv. Words. How'd you even? How'd you even Cheese leave cake. that? How'd you? Leave I gained that twenty job? pounds like the first year, man. Twenty pounds. <laughs> I, I actually worked a. I, I worked a job where we have free food every day too, so it's nice. But I don't know. I feel like you get used to it, but then it's kind of like you still want to eat out every now and then. Cause I still ate out every now oh, and then. Oh yeah. yeah, we did too. Food was we did good. for birthdays and celebrations. We always went out. It was like a treat, you know, to, to yeah. do that. So yeah, we still did that too, but we had a crazy, amazing menu. Like we had Eli's cheesecake Fridays. We had oh, ice cream, social <laughs> Wednesdays. Um, I'm sure back then it was a big old tax write-off for them too, because it was considered a consulting company, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, consulting companies bring in a lot. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it was, it was good times, good times. Um, so I spent, uh, collectively like 15 years there. So I grew up, I call myself, I, that was my grow up organization, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it molded you into the person you are today. Yep. I mean, they had classes and training back then from everything from charm school to, um, you know, for the consultants to, you know, basics for SQL, like you could learn, you pretty much could learn anything from a training perspective. That place was amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, initially when I started, it was not (laughs) my, it was not centralized. I'll be honest with you. It was not centralized training. Each individual, what we call client teams, responsible for their own training. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to be in that organization when they were, when I started, the training was so horrible, like so horrible. (laughs) If you could picture this, we were five people, five people in a room for three months, taking turns, reading from a provision book that was, you know. You know, those yeah. five inch binders, we had yeah. three of them, three, three of them oh, gosh. for training. Oh, wow. Yeah. For training. We, yeah, that's we, how we were trained. We memorized every last rule wow. that this company had for their benefits plans. Wow. Wow. That's, that's how we answered calls. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a lot. So I, I really, I really like, so this is, this is part of what I'm really excited to to talk with you about. Uh, because your your background, especially with the the cognitive cognitive psychology, um, and kind of mixing that, um, you know, with your sales experience and moving into this this training corridor, um, and really kind of breaking companies down and the way that they're able to succeed or or how they um, retain their employees or some you know kind of even the employee experience at a company kind of centered around kind of the way that they're brought in. The way that the the you know the training occurs, the onboarding that kind of happens, um, as you know, as you're a new employee, whether you know you're new coming out of college or even new, you know, transitioning from another company, um, how that has such a a large impact kind of on what happens after that. Um, so I'd I'd love for you to to talk a little bit more just about you know, some of your experience and some of the companies that you work with um, and some of the things that you've seen in, in different training programs, um, some of which may have been very beneficial um, for the employees coming on and some of which may have been actually quite detrimental to, you know, those employees that were coming on. So I will give you my experience. Um, my experience was so bad, but when I look back at my career, it's what catapulted my long career in organizational development, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I had such a bad experience 
that six months into my role, I said, can I just, can I please be responsible for training yeah. the new hires? So <laughs> that, that was, so, so here's a situation where something really, really bad. When I look back actually catapulted something really great mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the rest of my career was pretty much an organizational development. Yes. I've dabbled in project management, portfolio management. Now I'm a portfolio manager. Um, but that was a slow progression and yeah. came years, years later, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I was good at learning and I started project managing a lot of things because at project management and program management, you contribute at a ha- higher level, right? You right. can influence right. more people. Right. But my my true start was as a trainer. I, mm-hmm. I could never imagine somebody else going through the horrible training experience I did. Right. I never wanted were looking pe- through the thick binder, right? Reading. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Reading. Let's <laughs> yeah. take this. This was, this is what we did. Let's take turns now. Tori, you read lines. No way. The <laughs> first paragraph. Uh-huh. <laughs> Drew, <laughs> you get the second page. <laughs> Delica, I get the third page. I'm Man, like 20. Like, this is middle you know, school. <laughs> right. Oh, this is, I'm like 25 years old. I'm like, so when am I going to learn how to take a call? Yeah. So I, yeah. How am I going to answer these people? Of all things, it was a call center and I got on my first day on the job and I didn't even know how to answer the phone. Yeah. It's like, which yeah. button do I press? At least you know how to read, though, at, at the minimum. <laughs> Ask me any question. <laughs> <laughs> But um, to, to answer your question, my own my onboarding in that situation was horrible. It catapulted, though, a, a chain of events that got me into training. Mm-hmm. And I was able to take that horrible experience and then turn it into something awesome, a, yeah. a career in training. Right. Yeah. So that every person came in after me got a much better experience. Yep. They got yeah. hands on earlier. Um, and anybody who says that onboarding doesn't make a difference is, is, is so dead wrong. Mm -hmm. If you invest in that first experience, and when I say invest in it, create enough knowledge of the tools people need, Mm -hmm. but incite enough curiosity and enough ability and trust in that person to take those tools and be able to do something with it. Yeah. Teaching mm-hmm. something or reading something or memorizing something to me is not effective learning. Mm-hmm. It's it's all of those things that adult principles tell you not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will forever leave an impression on that new hire, whether they're experienced or not, of how they're going to be able to navigate the organization, conduct yeah. themselves in the organization. There's so many unspoken messages even yeah. in that first day, that first week you get yeah. from your leader, from your peers. You're like, oh, I can't do that. I can't say that. There's so many things that are learned mm-hmm. um, that are not in a binder, that are not prescriptive, yeah. um, that also yeah. have to be part of the onboarding experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, and once somebody has, you want to go back to cognitive, once somebody's put up a wall, it's all about then breaking that down. They're yeah. not receiving anything anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So that's as, true. as a trainer, I'd see the body language. You know what I mean? Yep. In so the, in analyzing the, on a much deeper level, which some people aren't able to do because they're just, you know, there to, 
kind of force the information down <laughs> or have you guys take turn read, reading the, the pages. <laughs> Page Absolutely. Page. Absolutely. Because that training experience is going to be the make or break of, are you going to hit the ground running or not? How do You're you not think, helping. How do you think like a bad training experience at onboarding can affect like maybe a person's overall experience with the company? Have you ever seen like the result of bad training and how maybe it catapulted into like, just like a very bad start or, you know, ended in something that was like maybe really bad for the employee? Yeah. So my experience was more bad mechanics, right? Bad design. Mm -hmm. Um, What, what I think typically will affect somebody is a bad experience. Like that sit down, shut up feeling that a new hire gets. Yeah. That's a horrible feeling. Once that message is sent, it's very difficult to get that person to participate again, Mm -hmm. whether it's in training or whether it's in the job. Now you hired someone that you're wanting to participate in that job, but the message they got was sit down, shut up. Right. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of key messages, whether they're spoken or unspoken, are very critical in the first, I would say, day, week, 90 days, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody wants to hear the message of, I'm invested in your success. It's okay to ask questions. Mm -hmm. You have permission to do this. You have permission to fail. Here's how I'm going to keep you safe so you could fail and not worry about your reputation. Because I guarantee you, any adult walking into a job it has some level of fear or concern that they're being evaluated and judged. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. to some degree you are, I just got a new hire. I'm constantly looking for things. Is <laughs> you know, is this person asking me questions? Are mm-hmm. they um, pushing back on me when they don't understand? Are they asking questions? Like yeah. those are things I'm looking for, but if, if leaders, especially leaders that are onboarding are not looking for those things, it's a miss and it's yeah. going to be a gap and it piles up. And then the animosity starts to grow inside the person. Like mm-hmm. they don't care about me. They don't check in with me. I don't mean anything. It's yeah. all going to translate to internalizations and yeah. the ability, the ability for a new hire to be internalizing things is so much higher in the start than it is as you get confident in your role. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So you, you, said a, you said a lot there. One, you, you mentioned invest in your success. So Tori, I thought that was, that was that, quite. I know quite, that's like a, yeah. I feel like you're manifesting. Like you just mentioned yeah. my business. I feel yeah, millions coming. Thank you her, for that. Her business. I, was, I, I was like, you yeah. better patent that. You better patent yeah. that. They're, they're talking on the, on the same. Copyright it. Um, Copyright I, it. I really liked how, how in your story, um, like you noticed the deficiency at the company and you took it upon yourself to say, this is something that I think that I can fix. Mm-hmm. Right. And you kind of, you kind of put, made yourself responsible um, of taking the, like the initiative to kind of make that improvement and how kind of just that decision for yourself kind of catapulted your career um, in a completely different direction. Right. And so I think that's, that's kind of a, a, a important point um, because like, I think sometimes we, we kind of wait for, people to kind of give us certain directions to do, you know, certain things, especially when we're, when we're new and we're at a company, yeah. we're kind of trying to figure out, 
Definitely. you know, where our role is or, or things like that. Um, but when you see a deficiency and you feel like it's something that you can do um, to actually step in and, and, you know, and take care of take care of that or serve that need, I think is a really a really powerful point um, that you kind of took into your own hands there. So I wanted to I wanted to ask you, um, you know, for for people, if they're kind of looking at a, at a new company or kind of when they're going through that interview process, do you have any um, like red flags or any like green signs that like people can look out for, like as they're starting to go through a, through an onboarding process or even, you know, during the interview process to say like, oh, this company looks like a company that does invest in their onboarding program or invest in their their training program or like even what types of questions to ask could or could people ask to kind of uncover some of these things, um, you know, kind of before it, it's too late and you, you've yeah. already, you know, committed to the company. <laughs> really? I want to know. So, yeah. So, Drew, that's a that's an awesome question. And I hope that new hires do ask these questions. Mm-hmm. Probe them on the culture and include questions about their training. So how you can do that, the best way to do that is, especially when you get that moment where they say, do you have any questions? Yeah. <laughs> you can have, I'm going to give you a few of them so you can have in your back pocket. As a matter okay? of fact. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. I brought a note card, you, give me a second. Yes, yes. <laughs> can, you ex- can you describe to me what is the first like 30 days going to look like for me? What are my first 90 days going to look like for me? Mm-hmm. Can you describe how how and what training looks like for this role. You know, what a you know, listen for things like, oh, it'll be shadowing me. Oh, we'll do it side by side for a while and then you'll do it on your own. You know, ask some more probing questions if you get answers like that. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. so is there there's is there any how-to guides that I'll be able to reference? Will I be able to ask questions? What does your calendar typically look like? Do you have time for all those questions? In what the if beginning? they say they're still trying to figure it out, Angelica? Like if they're like, we're still <laughs> That's a red flag. And I'm saying it as we just hired someone and my boss literally said that to that person. Hopefully <laughs> 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 oh, she doesn't listen flag. to this. But no, 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 no. The company's not a red flag. We actually have a um, amazing um, investment, at least the company I work for now has an amazing <laughs> investment in leadership development. And that's yeah. my second question. Ask them, yeah. do you, do you guys have leadership development at your company? What does mm-hmm. that look like? Yeah. Um, does the company invest in um, other training? That's another question yeah. to ask sometimes. Yeah. Like for example, Southwire was really great at, you know, they if were. you wanted a certification of, of some kind mm-hmm. that would help you in your role, they were super supportive and saying, yes, you're a change manager. You want to get certified in change management. Here you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so those are the kinds of questions definitely ask in the interview process because right. it gives you that insight of they care, mm-hmm. they invest. They, you know, some companies care about certifications, other ones don't, you know, right. South, Southwire was one that really, really cared about it. You know, you and Angelica worked at Southwire yeah. together just to give you guys some, that's how yeah. we met. Okay. Okay. Then I changed her life. I just wanted to say that. Go ahead. You can finish. <laughs> yeah. For, for, forever, forever. My heart is in Georgia. For so forever. there you go. Um, 
th- that's the nice thing about Georgia is that it has a little bit city and it has a little bit country. That's why I love the balance there. It's like yeah. I could get I could get country in half an hour to an hour. I could get city in like two minutes, you know, so that's I love that about, about Atlanta. Georgia. Georgia yeah. For you. yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, going back to your questions. Yeah. For me, if I was interviewing now, even knowing what I know, mm-hmm. I, I'd be asking them very detailed questions like, yeah. Um, what's my training going to look like? Uh, how much of it is training? How much of it is on the job? Can you give me a percentage? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, so that I can truly understand what they, what kind of even support they have once I'm in my role too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, you know, and, and if they say things like, you know, I'm really open, I will make time on my calendar for you. I will schedule stuff like that. That's good for me. You're giving me concrete <laughs> things that tells me, you're invested in me from the right. get-go. Okay. So, yeah, those are good points. I really like, I really like how you said, uh, well, how you noticed that it would be a red flag if they say they were figuring it out because mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Like you, sh- they should be able to give you some type of answer. And I think it's good to kind of like hold them accountable right there in the interview to hear what they have to say. Like just to even yeah. know if they have a plan. So that, yeah. I think that's a, yeah. a good start. I think it it's okay. I mean, I've been in roles where, or interviewed for roles and actually got them where they said, we need someone to help me figure it out. That's yeah. different Definitely. than yeah. that's a part of the, we role. have no right. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's very, very different than <laughs> we're not sure what your training is going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. question. Good question. Let me get back to you on that. <laughs> then you may come in with a whole new uh, set of responsibilities that you didn't plan for. Like, dang, yeah. I'm helping you put the program together. That's not what I <laughs> got hired for. Yeah. So, yeah. Or I'm being paid for. Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate you sharing sharing those questions um, with us because I know in one of the earlier episodes we talked about you know letting corporate America pour into you, yeah. um, and kind of you know making sure that you're you're addressing some of these questions during the interview process so so that at least you know right and so you can make an educated mm-hmm. decision about if this is where you want to go if you know what they're doing to invest is is what you feel like um, is going to be helpful for you like in your growth and and your career and your future and all of that good stuff. Um, so I think I think that's that's great. Um, so I do have a I have another another question to kind of I want I want to kind of understand, like, you know, as people are kind of going through, um, you know, training programs or even uh, you can you can kind of answer this from two different ways. One and from kind of from the employee side um, and then the other kind of from somebody that wants to be a leader in a company or that is already, you know, in a leadership type position um, in a company. And, and Kind of what I'm what I'm thinking about is you know some of the essentials that kind of should be a part of a training program, all right. And if and if your company is not you know maybe it's not a part of your training program, but you're in a leadership role at a company, you know what can you do with your team members to start instilling some of the the better values that are going to help to kind of grow your team or, or bring your team together. Um, or, or as an employee, you know, participate better, like with the team and, and help to, you know, we talked about the earlier, this, this idea of like managing up, um, but helping to like be a better example for what, you know, you want leadership to look like. 
So there's a lot in that question. <laughs> yeah, that was a loaded question, Drew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Break it down. I'm like, so I got to break it. Yeah, I, would, I have to break it down if you're not going to break it down. right. <laughs> uh, the first is when we talk about leadership, one of the first things that you have to learn as a leader and that makes you a good leader is understanding that it's not about you. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's lesson number one. Okay. Yeah. That was the hardest lesson to learn was it's not about me knowing how to do a task or how to do something. I'm already the expert. I need to figure out how I'm going to make other people the experts because I can't be doing all the work, right? Yeah, delegation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just delegation to the sense where like, you don't, I think the best managers I've had, and I'll go back to my retail days, Mm -hmm. the ones that I respected the most was when we were in a time crunch or the, they saw that we were backed up or backlogged were the ones that jumped in and helped. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm sorry. That's like to this day, if I can pick up a piece so that we can get it done, let's get it done. Yeah. And I know. Yeah, I and and here's the other part of that. As a leader, making it feel safe for people to tell you they're backlogged and they need help mm-hmm. because a new hire who's trying to prove themselves. I've been in the shoes all the time. I'm trying to prove myself to a new leader. I don't want to tell them I'm having trouble. I don't want to tell them I'm backed up. I don't want to tell them I'm not figuring something out because I'm afraid of how it looks on me. So as a leader, you have to write. You have to understand what's going on in the mind of that person that's reporting to you and that you have to make it safe for them to be able to say, Hello, I'm raising my hand. I need help. Yeah. This isn't working. Yeah. And I have I've honestly seen very few environments in corporate America where that is the case, where the leader actually makes it safe to say I'm 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 screwing things up here. Yeah. I know I screwed up. I'd rather hide it. I'd rather do this. I'd rather make sure nobody notices. I know in quality Tori, I'm sure you've seen that. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. More than enough. They need to feel like they need cognitive classes. That's what you're pretty much yeah. telling me because yeah. they can't really yeah. read the room. <laughs> no, no, no. And and there's no incentive to say, hey, I screwed up. If you're not creating an environment where it's safe for people to fail yeah. and come to you or come to you before they fail and you'll you'll have their back. Yeah, and I feel like it's key actually to come to you before they fail because right. a lot of times yeah. people try to you gonna they, wait to they, the very yeah, last wait minute. To, <laughs> it's like, man, I it's like really messed up. I gotta go yeah, to the person now. now. Yeah. 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 And that that's that goes hand in hand with training too, Drew. Um, you have to create a safe environment. Mm-hmm. You have to like mm-hmm. if they don't feel safe in training to like try it without having rep repercussions or reciprocation yep. to that fail or that a try, they're not going to try, they're going to hide, or it's going to create behaviors. Um, so that's where I think psychology degree and my background helped me be a good trainer yeah. because I, I would, I would see these things and I'd be on be top the of them before even the person did, Yeah, you know, I'd see the red face or I'd see the struggle or whatever the case may be from a body language in the virtual environment, it's it's different things you got to look for. You got to look for people who have 
left for a while or yeah. you know uh <laughs> people that are, people that yeah. don't have the screen open the screen is closed yeah, yes. camera on. So, yeah yeah there's all sorts of things or who don't aren't ready to share their screen or whatever the case may be um so you know that la- that that's a whole nother layer of skill sets that's on the the modern uh, trainer but um those are the things from the ground up if you don't feel safe verbalizing that to to a leader and then a leader making it safe. I, I think those are, to me, throughout the years, those are the key characteristics of uh, being able to foster an effective environment, not just uh-huh. for work ongoing, but for training. And then the same thing for the trainee. Raise your hand, ask the question. Somebody has it. Yeah. So I'm going to raise my hand now and then. Okay. Go ahead. We're trying it. to make it safe. One more, got one more question. Safe. All right, my hands raised. You gonna call on me or not, Angelica? I'm calling on you. I'm calling right. on you. What's your question? <laughs> okay. So I think the last question we have um, to wrap up our Ask Engineer ish with you. So, what would you consider to be essential to a good corporate training program? What are some of the essentials? So, absolute essential is making the training as real to the experience Mm -hmm. as, as possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as an instructional designer, one of the many hats in training that I wore, the, the goal was always to give you as real of an experience, um, that you can possibly have Mm -hmm. as your training experience. So Mm -hmm. when you talk about like the McDonald's of the world being like the training experts back in the day and, and everybody talking about uh, their training being superb, it was usually the best in class that had an absolute replica so that you could feel safe psychologically, mm-hmm. messing things up mm-hmm. and physically mm-hmm. screwing things up, right? If I was in a manufacturing job or something and I have five, truly have 500 pounds of something falling on me, that's not a good thing, right? I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to survive. <laughs> so, or I have an explosion on my first day, probably not a good thing. <laughs> so if we can make, especially jobs that have danger factors yeah. to them, yeah. as close to real as possible without the danger. So going back to the safety thing, um, so that people can feel safe screwing up and learning from those mistakes quickly makes them more effective. So yeah. to me, again, you see the theme here. Very important that you feel safe um, physically and mentally to be yeah. able to learn. Okay. Because okay. psychological barriers are just as bad as physical barriers when it comes to learning something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so at first we yeah. have for the training to be as realistic as possible to the, mm-hmm. the user. And then second for um, the employee to feel safe in the environment to. Yep. To okay. fail, to make mistakes, to learn. Yeah. But because That's you don't key. learn by doing everything right. Exactly. You learn by feedback when you're doing things wrong. Yeah. So exactly. we, we're, we're so scared sometimes to make mistakes. But in reality, when you look back, it's there where you made the most or where you learned the most. Or when yeah. you got feedback, sometimes feedback you couldn't even stomach, right? It's the toughest feedback you remember mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's where the most growth happened, right? In that place of uncomfort um, and, you know, awkwardness where a lot of times your growth begins. So 
um, that's going to be a kind of table stakes. You're going to go in feeling awkward. You're going to feel intimidated possibly. Um, so, so try to remove those barriers and you get somebody learning fast. I think I, I have to I have to jump here because I'm really glad that you said that because we, we actually we actually mentioned that earlier, like about <laughs> feeling awkward, um, like when you're coming into a a new position. But I, but I like the fact that you're that's how you're supposed to feel. Like you should feel a little bit absolutely because you're 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 growing, you're learning new things um, in order to feel you know in order to be effective at that company. But awkward yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing as long as no. you're awkward and safe. And not Ooh. awkward and like terrified. Yeah, I feel exactly. like I feel it's like fine Angelica, line. <laughs> Angelica literally gave us the perfect segue into our awkward AS segment. Yeah. Literally, yeah. you are going to go awkward. So we're making All this. Right. Do you at least feel safe? Feeling I awkward? Feel safe. I feel okay. safe. Okay, great. Okay. So awkward AF, as our listeners knows, is yes, yes. typically it's us. We're put in an awkward situation and we have to answer it and, you know, say how, how we would do, how we would feel. How would you handle this situation? <laughs> yeah. So your awkward AF scenario, there is a big meeting. Big, you, big, huge meeting. <laughs> major implic- and major implications. And you have to give a opening presentation. You arrive at that meeting just in time and realize you've brought the wrong thumb drive <laughs> that you need for this opening presentation. So how do you handle that, Angelica? You're in this awkward scenario. The meeting <laughs> is lit. The presentation is about to start. You're opening up. Oh, I can probably think back a couple of times in my career where I've had moments <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, okay, so how I would handle it. For for starters, um, you know, as a trainer, you always have a plan B. So I, I it's 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 hard to stomach that. But um I, I think, you know, I come from a place where I just couldn't hide it. I would be the type of person that walked into the room and pretty much told everybody, Hey guys, here's what's happening. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, read the room and figure out like, I can talk through what I know. I can do my best maybe to show you something. If it was like a presentation that had come from other sources, my, for sure, my solution, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? Um, and is there alternates or plan B's would probably start spinning. Yeah. Um, yeah. and if I couldn't settle on something, I think my, my only resort would be just be honest, you know, yeah. I just, I come from a very authentic place. I don't think I'd walk into a room and try to tap dance a story <laughs> that just isn't true. Yeah. I, yeah. It would show all over this face. It would show <laughs> all over me. Um, <laughs> You know, and then I'd probably negotiate for either more time or a different time or whatever else I'd negotiate for. Can you give me, um, you know, the solutions would probably just start ranking their order in my brain as to yeah. how can I, what am I going to negotiate for right now? Because I'm in, I'm in this situation. Yeah. So I but, like, yeah. I like that though. I like that you don't, yeah. you know, 
things happen, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes, us, yeah. sometimes you just forget, you know what I mean? Like, or sometimes it's just whatever your storage medium was, it's just not working. Like it, yep. the presentation is there, but it's not opening up. You know what I mean? Some, sometimes things It's going to be damage control at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I, but I like that you, that you still come out, at, come at it with like a figure it out attitude. You know, if, if they're, if they're open to letting you talk through your presentation without the slides, then you're willing, you know, you're willing to try that, you know, and you're, you're offering these solutions and not just like, look, you know, I don't, I don't have it. You know what I mean? Let's go ahead and pack up and get out of here. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like you're trying your best to deliver anything that you can, you know, because you don't have what, what you meant to bring, um, but you're still offering, you know, solutions to the problem and then hoping that, that we can reschedule or do something else um, yep. to actually show the proper type of presentation. And yeah. uh, we will hope that, in this scenario that who like whoever your boss is, is not an asshole because that could happen, <laughs> and, you know, fear of like really being honest in a situation like that, yeah, because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Like after you like go get your jump drive, you made because some managers feel that, oh, this makes me look bad. You know, those managers yeah, that you, like yeah, you say, yeah. you don't feel comfortable really making mistakes. So hopefully with Angelica's questions and some of her uh, feedback on some of the things that you should look for, you'd be able to read the room if, um, you know, you wouldn't want to work for somebody like that. The moral of the story is always use online storage. That's the moral of the story. Oh, one, yeah, drive, Google drive. one drive. Yeah, Google Drive. Multiple backups Dropbox. in multiple locations. Plan A, um, plan A, B, and C. So don't yeah, even have to rely always on send B. it to yourself if you need to. I'm like, oh, whatever. I mean, the, at the end of the day, you know, like, um, honesty is the best policy. I really yeah. do believe that. And if mm -hmm. that's not appreciated where you're at, you're right, Tori, that then maybe that's not where, where you need to be your values. It's hard to find companies that align with the values you have, but when yeah. you find, when you find those companies, you know, work your butt off to get into them. You know, yeah. like I've had people who have, you know, submitted five, six, ten applications sometimes in any given period because it's it's important to them that they work for a company that aligns with the values you have as a person. So yeah, yeah, um, that is definitely yeah. important. Like the Chick Fil A's yeah. of the world, I can say that they they kind of align with you my values. Chick Fil A, Tori, you love you some Chick Fil A, girl. Yeah, I you do. just like Chick Fil A, Tori. I think you're just it's you all about when I visited their campus. They won me <laughs> over. It wasn't even well. They did have good. They had a good like buffet. They had free and food. They had free, free food. food. You <laughs> gotta come. Yeah, McDonald's did that for a little bit for me too. The free the free Diet Coke at every turn was pretty cool, but um their culture. So you, I, I just want to touch a little bit on that before we, we move Please on, do. because culture questions are really important in an interview too. Okay. So, you know, asking them when you're in the interview about how, how would you react to a situation if we were in a executive meeting and I forgot a thumb drive or whatever, yeah. posing that question and those kinds of questions, oh, even wow. in interviews think about that. is important because <laughs> How your manager or your direct leader, especially if you're interviewing with them, respond uh -huh. to certain scenarios uh -huh. tells you more about their behavior than than anything else. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah. Angelica is saying you guys need to put them in an awkward AF yeah. situation. Take yeah. them. I like yeah. that. I, like I, do, I love that because I, I yeah. never I've never really thought about that. Asking. Yeah, them because fear of, a lot of if you've ever taken a culture survey at a company. Mm -hmm. So. 
companies who invest in culture surveys are good ones to work for too, mm-hmm. because they have action items tied to those culture surveys a lot of times, and they make their leaders accountable for moving the needle on them. Yeah. So you can ask that question. Do you guys do culture surveys? Do you ask your employees for feedback on, on how the culture is in the company? Some companies, especially top fortune 100, 500s, they tend to do them because that's important because if they have a culture where you have leaders that their direct reports are saying there's fear of, um, uh, reciprocity. Mm-hmm. So that means I do something and you're going to fire. I'm afraid that you're going to fire me because I said something, asked something, did something. Uh-huh. When that fear exists, that tells you there's a, a certain kind of culture going on in that team. Yeah. yeah. So, te- so companies that do culture surveys are really good companies to work for because they make their leaders accountable for, for, like I said, moving the needle in certain areas. Um, that tend to be culture toxic type things. Now I have a question about that. The culture surveys. Do you think that employees are going to be honest on those culture surveys? You think it'll be a hundred percent honesty? Cause you know, some employees are scared to be like honest. honest yeah. 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 We saw that. That's, that speaks yeah, to the culture right there. If you can't even be honest on an anonymous survey, like, mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, a, that is. That's a that pretty, you know, true. that's a pretty telltale to me would be a pretty telltale sign about the culture itself at that company. Like it's, yep. a, it's that it's that scary to be honest, even in that kind of situation. It's like, I mean, it almost seems hopeless. <laughs> and that's a good question for a culture survey. Like, do you feel like you can be completely honest without any fear of, you know, reprimand or whatever the case yeah. may be? If yeah. it says no, then we got a culture problem. Like you, yep. it's on, really it's on that. culture surveys. Usually that question is on there um, because that gives insight to leaders who are definitely not creating safe environments and where there's definitely a message being sent that if you do something, screw up, you're going to be let go. Yeah. Um, so, so definitely those are typically on culture surveys and seeing those results um, are pretty intuitive. Uh, and almost dead on that you've got a situation where the leader's sending that message. Mm. Well, I feel like you you kind of just went into engineering education because you just educated <laughs> us. On, everything is flowing. She literally yeah. led us into awkward <laughs> AF. And now she's like engineering education, a culture surveys. Like she's really, I feel like she's meant to be on this podcast. She's, she's on, on, it. Not- she's on <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> So for engineering education, did you have anything else for us? Because I mean, that was definitely um, education. I had never thought about that. Yeah, culture survey is a big one. Um, And especially in the engineering environment, you've you've typically got people who are continuous improvement mindsets. Mm -hmm. You've got people who do think out of the box. I haven't met a lot of engineers that don't. That's how they're built. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's, it's hard. I think the hardest part with engineers is uh, when is the design done? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, especially when it comes to training, you know, we want to, we want to constantly be fixing it and fixing it and fixing it and fixing it. And sometimes you have to kind of stop and say, all right, we're good. Training good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's as close yeah. as it's going to get to real. Yeah, it can be That's perfect, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. So yeah. you might have the opposite problem with engineers because <laughs> they're going to want to fix it over and over and over. That's true. I can, I can, uh, uh-huh. 
I can relate. Definitely yeah, can relate but, to that. But I, I'll be honest with you. We actually, in a lot of different uh, areas in the business, um, want people to adapt that engineering-like thought process. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, that spirit of engineering-type design um, in many even of our IS processes is being adopted and coined Mm-hmm. For us, for for that very reason, yeah. because you're never done with some things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and learning should never be done. So there's my education, even inspiration there, right? <laughs> you should never stop learning. Um, it should always be a path, and 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 you know, I'll quote Socrates when he said, you know, true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. So as a, yeah. as as much as you <laughs> yeah. want to be an expert, yeah. <laughs> You always have to be humble enough to know there's more to learn and yep. it, it you'll, yep. you'll never completely be full because that's an unattainable goal. Learning. got to snap my fingers to that. There Amen. You go. Amen. <laughs> that was a good one, Socrates. Take church, Angelica. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will stop learning when I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> well, I, Every day is an opportunity to learn something new. I have a, I have a question for you. Um, for, so if I'm at a company and say we do have some culture problems, right. And, and mm-hmm. I'm a concerned employee, like what can I do to either help bring some of these culture surveys or make suggestions like to either my manager or to HR um, to try to help, you know, facilitate some of these things that could potentially help, you know, create some change around the company. Is there anything that you would suggest to somebody who's maybe not necessarily in a leadership position, they're just an employee, but they recognize some things and and want to, to try to do something about it? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Actually, um, I'll give you a couple of resources. So, The, um, uh, you know, American, uh, sorry, the association ATD, it's for training and development, Association for Training and Development. They have a lot of, you know, great resources on their site. That was my go-to as a training resource for culture. Um, Gartner is great at having endless amounts of information and surveys. Um, also I will say Mercer now is called another name, but they also, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So they did a lot. They, a lot of times are the third party that administer some of those culture surveys. So you have some Hmm. smaller shops, you have some of these bigger shops, you know, that administer culture surveys. I'd say, talk to leadership. If you don't feel comfortable talking to leadership, you know, coin it out to an HR person. Yeah. They, uh-huh. you know, have you ever thought about for our company doing a culture survey to see how we can move the needle, be more collaborative? You know, you can do it in a very, you know, gentle way uh-huh. where you could uh, kind of nicely suggest it yeah. without avoiding, with don't, avoiding. Don't, you say don't be aggressive. And, and <laughs> don't throw, be aggressive. You know, throw a page on the table and say, we need to fix this. That's not the way. Give us a cultural yeah. survey or I'm leaving. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. In the beginning of my career, I was that person where I was like, I can't believe in the year 2000, we don't have auto facts or whatever. <laughs> um, and then slowly over the years, they were like, Angelica, you just need to be a little more polished about how you ask for things. <laughs> so now I'm real polished right because i got all the beat down throughout the years of how to be more polished i'm like you can gently suggest to hr that maybe we could be more collaborative or get inspired with some ideas of how we could work better together and do a uh, you know a third-party culture survey 
probably doesn't cost much um, and, and, and probably very easy to administer because it's probably an email and a link. Yeah. So, so I think that's an easy, nice, non, you know, aggressive way to suggest, uh, let's look at it. We don't know what we don't know because we're in our every day. So I like yeah, it. so we'll we're gonna plug those links that Angelica mentioned in our episode notes. So of course we've been we've really yeah. been telling our listeners to look at our look at our episode notes because it has a lot of gems in it. So that's where uh, the what, jewels are. That's Angel- where the diamonds are. <laughs> exactly, Angelica's um the the sites that she gave will be in the notes. So don't forget to check them out. So that was great, great feedback, Angelica. And I'm gonna check out those uh, websites myself. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Stuff. Lots of great information. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I think I think we are we are coming to a close, and and um, you've already given us some some <laughs> great and uh, amazing information. She um, left us we, with Socrates. We, I know. Even gave us. Some, you know, I'm going to close some Socrates. It, right? Yeah. Can you hit us? Hit us. I've been with, ready for this. Yeah. yeah I'm hit, us, hit you. Hit us with uh, some last inspo before before we we head out, Angelica. Okay, I'm going to add to Socrates because I think uh, (laughs) he needed a a few more. So I love his quote that says wisdom begins with wonder. Uh Um, So we talked a lot about safety throughout the whole episode, right? So Mm -hmm. embrace learning, love it, don't crush it, don't crush it in others. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love that quote was wisdom begins with wonder. Be curious, you know, we're engineers, you're engineers. You definitely have to have that innate curiosity to ask those questions to be able to learn more. So um, there you go. Socrates for you. More Socrates. Stay curious. (laughs) Shout out to Socrates, man, doing his (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Socrates. Stay curious. And get those culture surveys rolling at your uh, your employers. So definitely, definitely. Um, thank you so much for joining you. us, Angelica. Absolutely, you are so welcome. Thank you for having me. It has been so fun. Thank you. And as always, thanks to our listeners for listening in, and yeah, we'll yeah. catch you next time. All right, peace. Bye.